Hello and welcome to the third mental health and EDI podcast. Uh, today we'll be discussing trying to find the balance between making the most out of the opportunities at Wellington without overexerting yourself. Uh, that is specifically referencing to mental health. Um, today I am joined by the wonderful Miss Mr. Morris and Mrs. McKenzie. Hello. <laughs> well, you had a great question just a second ago. Do you want to? Um, yes, no, I was itself. interested to know um, what pressure or do pupils feel a lot of pressure mm. to make the most of opportunities that are here at Wellington? Well, I know there are a lot. Yeah, yeah well, I'd definitely say so. For, well, what have I experienced from third form? Um, especially looking when you first join Wellington, there's a lot of kind of people who look up to people who are in leadership positions, particularly their prefects, their heads of houses. And a lot of the time, well, all the time, those people are considered as ideal Wellingtonians who have done lots and lots, not just for the Wellington community, but outside the Wellington community. So in that sense, yeah, there is quite a bit of pressure to um, to be like them and to take full advantage of everything Wellington has to offer. Um, so not just that as well, um, when you first join Wellington, there is lots of opportunities for you to extend yourself, not just academically, but also culturally, extracurricularly, um, with the likes of the uh, festival for um, extracurricular at the start of the year. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say that's a bad thing um, because it's quite an, uh, one of the stand-up parts of Wellington is how well um, they focus not on just academics, but also on extracurricular on sports. Um, so because of that, I would say it's a good thing, but there is definitely uh, a lot of pressure on it and then to make the most advantage of it mm. does it um sometimes feel like it's a school for alphas and extroverts yeah i'd definitely say with such a high achieving school there is um lots of ends of the scale so in the sense that you've got international athletes which means that it's quite hard to stand out if you're not you know the best in your field so a lot of people who um kind of do activities and such for uh, for fun and at like a very relatively amateur level um they might find it sometimes quite hard to stand out and that can, some, can sometimes be quite demoralizing mm. because um you know you've got the top end of the scale with, with uh, lots of people who are we'd say are kind of idolized by the community and uh, also kind of put on a pedestal mm. and so sometimes it might feel a bit demoralizing being i would say in the middle um but um yeah yeah, so it's like a, a, an element of competitiveness that maybe yeah. doesn't help people feel comfortable with yeah, being and, good in the way that they're good at things. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they you could feel like a a bit lost, I'd say. Mm. And um, it's not it's not the nicest feeling, but um, mm. needless to say, it's um, there's lots of different areas you can excel at, and uh, just have. Yeah, um, I think one of the things I'm really conscious of. Um, in the house, I'm a housemistress, so you know I see that when the third form start or the um, students that start either in the fourth form or lower sixth, they there is such a range of activities that they could get involved in, and it's it's it is great to have that on offer, um, and obviously then there's work, there's lessons, mm. and um, and I suppose it's thinking what I don't know how busy does one want to be mm. um and I don't know how much guidance we give pupils on sort of how to you know everyone's this is such a cliche to say but everyone's got the sort of same time in the day and 
sort of deciding how you spend that time. I I don't know, I might put this to Mr. Morris, but is there, well, I suppose in my opinion, there isn't a right way or wrong way to spend your time with Mm -hmm. regards to, you know, are you going to do more extracurricular activities? Are you going to talk to your friend? going to go on a walk you know it's sort of I think that's the bit that I find is is really a personal preference Mm. and whether people feel as if they have the the kind of the empowerment to make those decisions and that those decisions will be respected yeah Mm. yeah I definitely think going on from that um questions are especially at Wellington but also basically every single other private school um Questions are only really asked about people if they're not kind of putting their stuff out there and mm. not being, you know, ha- having a very um, packed schedule and all these sorts of things. Whereas people who are do take, uh, do lots of things and have a very busy life, I would say that sometimes there isn't, because of that kind of their mental health and how their kind of feeling is, it goes a bit under the radar. Mm. Um and because uh, people assume that because you have a very busy life and because you're doing a lot outside of lessons as well as inside of them, mm. that you are, you know, excelling and you're very happy and there's nothing yeah. kind of your life's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there's something about hiding in busyness or workaholism, mm. um, which isn't necessarily healthy. I also I sometimes wonder as well about whether there's um, if pupils feel under pressure to make good on their parents' investment in their education because, of course, you know, parents are parting with a lot of money Mm -hmm. um, and I wonder whether that's a kind of a hidden or secret pressure that maybe people don't talk about much. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, it is definitely something people think about and um, and sometimes pupils uh, assume is the case that they kind of feel they'll be letting them down. Uh, which is definitely not sustainable and also isn't true because um, you know, everyone kind of takes, you know, people can, different people kind of are able to cope with different amounts of stress, amount of work differently. And um, yeah. That's... I would also add in there that depending on where you are in your, you know, your time at the college. So, and even, you know, personally in terms of say like a term, you're going to be at different points. So you might have, you might be sort of feeling great, lots of energy, sort of happy to do a lot, you know, sort of mm. feeling, you know, this is, you know, I always think about ebb and flow and, and, and actually you can be um, happy to be busy, but at other times where perhaps other things, it could be um, factors outside of school, could be, um, it could be health, it could be, um, you know, the fact that there's more, um, you know, you, you've just been saying that you've just done your, end of year exams and I imagine last week and sort of probably before that as well you were thinking more about your exams and thinking about revision and I think I think pupils need to be allowed to not be you know Mm. our energy ebbs and flows our Mm. priorities ebb and flow you know they do change and they change Mm. as well from third form to upper sixth Mm. and I think I think pupils have to feel they can they can decide they don't enjoy that anymore so they're going to stop or Mm. they were extremely busy in third form but actually fourth form there's more Mm. work so they have to think more carefully about how they expend that energy Mm. Mm. yeah definitely on 
talking about moving from third to fourth form, uh, something that has actually cropped up quite a lot in some of our, my house's tutorials is kind of the different uh, phases of Wellington and kind of what each year entails. Mm. So definitely in third form, you are very much promoted to just go out there, just try it, loads of different things. And, and then as you progress to kind of refine those skills, refine your activities so that you can kind of develop, you can mm. develop in them. And so initially even though they become hobbies and then they can stem something a lot more and definitely the more the longer you spend on doing it so um the more you can kind of understand what you like as a person and what your mm. preferences are and i think definitely as you go through wellington you know for instance weekly activities in third form or you know fortnightly activities they definitely stem into a lot more of a, a demanding and a lot more um a lot more demanding hobbies. So mm. whether that's through acting, uh, Welly TV or some of those sorts of things, mm. initially, even if they're like a Wednesday activity, they do become a lot more, um, a lot more hard work and a lot more demanding of your time. Mm. Mm. I think there's, there's something interesting in here about having an awareness of where your capacity levels are at any, yeah. any given moment. And it's, I think the real challenge, particularly for, for pupils is, um, because that those levels of self-reflection are still kind of in their early stages of being developed, actually you need quite a lot of help from from people around you to to realise, you know, have I got the capacity to take this on at the moment or maybe I need a bit of a break, some, some time to just relax and calm down a bit. But yeah, I think it's a, a, a lifelong skill learning to tune into the amount of capacity that you have to, yeah. to cope with things. Um, and, you know, I'm 46 and I'm still learning how to do it. Um, so yeah, it, just, it takes a long time. And I think when you're in such a busy environment, it, you know, maybe we could do a better job of really looking out for each other and noticing how much capacity each of us has and supporting each mm. other more. Do you, re- do you reckon as kind of head of wellbeing that because of year group to year group, how kind of the way you teach it and well not teach it, but kind of carry out your lessons changed throughout your the people's time at Wellington? So, yeah. So obviously I can only speak from my own experience of being in the classroom, mm. but what I find is that we go from third form right the way through to lower six. There's the, the lessons become much more, um, I suppose the, probably the best word for it is democratic in that by the time I get to lower sixth, I sit around a table with my lower six pupils and it, it's more of a kind of a group of adults together having a conversation about something that hopefully is vaguely interesting. Um, so you could, the kind of the, the teacher pupil um, barrier changes a little bit as, as we, as we go through, um, so and I, I would hope that, um, the, yeah, that that's what pupils in my lessons experience is that it becomes a bit more, um, yeah, like a kind of grown-up conversation about something important. Yeah, I oh, definitely, as someone who's had, had well-being lessons in third form, I definitely agree with that, mm-hmm. and kind of how they've changed uh, into more discursive environment. I think that's quite quite good, quite helpful. Awesome. <laughs> Do you think there's scope? for sort of teachers to or members of staff in in sort of who the pupils might be comfortable talking to do you think there's scope in talking more about the balance like trying to balance extracurricular with yeah i would say in regards to teachers and kind of how they kind of how their role is definitely when you're in become going join sixth form because you have a m- lot more limited scope of um subjects that you're doing if you're doing a high ib mm. uh, that would be your higher subjects or a level all of them um your 
teachers are definitely um, quite supportive into kind of super curricular, whether mm. that's through essay competitions or just kind of extending yourself beyond the syllabus. When you're younger, I definitely think that's not quite the case because even though um, there is a lot to offer, mm. um, unless you're a kind of a, an academic scholar or whatever, there isn't as much availability of particularly um, um, competitions outside of Wellington. Mm. While you're at Wellington, there's loads of things that go on. It's, you know, the HBQ, the, um, the third form uh, showcase, whatever. But um, while you're going through the lower, lower mm. school, the teachers are a lot more kind of based around the syllabus. Mm. And I think that's because there's not as much scope for learning outside the syllabus in GCSE, whereas in when you get to A-level or IB, mm. it's a lot more contextual and mm. it's a lot more um, it's a lot more imperative for people to kind of have a more of a passion in their subject, mm. which means that they're kind of the, the way teachers kind of operate is a lot diff- more different. Mm. And going back to well-being, the well-being of how like the lessons are shaped, I would say now that you join a sixth form, the teachers are a lot more open to have more discussive to- kind of discussions around mm. outside outside the topic of it, topic of conversation, but mm-hmm. also kind of how that is affected kind of the, the subjects in, in general. Mm. That's, it's quite apparent in uh, economics that I do, um, especially with how much um, the teachers like to prioritise, not prioritise, but um, uh, help you to do uh, extension on the subject. Mm. And uh, I think that's quite nice because when you get to sixth form, it's um, definitely with the more kind of discussive uh, working environments and classes, it um, it allows for you to kind of um, to kind of express your opinions more, which um, I find quite nice because it I kind of feel like I'm uh, I would say respected more because mm-hmm. I can kind of have talked to the teachers about certain topics or whatever, mm-hmm. which uh, which is definitely nice and is kind of different to mm-hmm. you would have what you'd have in the younger years. Yeah, I think the. I think probably what we all need to remember is, I suppose, the staff, um, that everybody has got, Lizzie, with blanket messages are problematic Mm. (laughs) because we are all different and we're all different at different times. Mm. Um, And so I suppose the, that blanket message of, you know, make the most of everything, do everything. I know it's not mm. do everything, but you know, mm. it's that sort of, it can feel like that. Um, yeah. It needs to be, you know, you need to think about the individuals um, yeah. in our, in our care and in, in the houses and classrooms. Um, and I suppose thinking about how it possibly could land and some people might benefit from mm. being involved in, you know, sort of getting, you know, cause I always think with, activities with extracurricular activities and um extension and everything you know what are what are we what are you doing it for Mm. um and it doesn't have to be this it could be to master a skill it could be out of interest and it could be for connection with a different group of people Mm. i think that's a really important question you know when when getting involved in all of these different things Mm. to ask that question what is this for or even who is it for like who Mm. am i doing yeah what am i trying to prove um and yeah i think it's such a important yardstick to measure all of our activities against um and i I love the way so that you just sort of identified not only doing something because you want to master something Mm. 
but also doing something because you just want to form new connections with a new, yeah. a new group of people or, or strengthen connections with an existing group yeah. of people. I mean, whenever I'm not here, I'm, I'm on a climbing wall or a piece of rock somewhere. And for me, it, it encompasses both things. So not only mastering and getting better at climbing, but also mm. just hanging out with um, yeah. with people who are lots of fun to be with. Yeah. Um, and I, I wonder sometimes whether we um, we sort of drive this acquisition of CV items mm. um, and don't necessarily focus on doing things for enjoyment or for mastery mm. or for connectedness, which yeah. is fundamentally why we would do anything. Mm. If I think about my... I, I'm very proud of the fact that I my gold Duke of Edinburgh award. If you knew me when I was at school, I was not somebody who enjoyed camping and the thought of doing a four, I think it was, I think it's four days of a lot of, a lot of walking one night of wild camping. Um, I was rubbish at map reading. I actually don't even think I did any map reading in the whole bronze, silver and gold, but what I loved and what actually kept me going. And this is why I, I, I stayed with the Duke of Edinburgh until gold was because I stayed with the same group of people mm. and they were mm. not my, you know, they were my friends, but they weren't the group of people I sort of hung out with day to day. And it was wonderful to have that group of people who was like, we, we get together when we do DV mm. and we have a real laugh. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I definitely uh, believe in Wellington because there's so much to offer and because there's so many different activities going on. Um, there wouldn't necessarily be cliques, but you would. There are definitely um, groups of people that you kind of tend to do act certain, certain activities with, mm. and I think that is quite nice because, although you know it might not be someone's only thing, you know there is you can kind of extend your friendships outside of your houses, outside of your lessons, and kind of have the common link of what the kind of that hobby is or what that activity or sport is, which is really nice actually. Yeah. yeah. So Archie, do you, um, as you sort of think about the people that, that you are here at Wellington with, are there any, we obviously don't need to name who they are, but are there people that you really respect for having navigated their way through the school well and, and not succumb to that pressure to be excessively busy? They've just kind of... I mean, I think... well. I think definitely as I've gone through Wellington, it's sort of changed. Um, when you're in the younger years, you're definitely idolised, I think, older pupils a lot more. Mm. Whereas when you get into sixth form, for instance, I found that I've kind of instead uh, wanted to focus more on myself and then mm. kind of find influence, um, not just from my teachers, but kind of from people outside of Wellington. Mm. Uh, whereas definitely from the younger years, I've found kind of people who are at the top of the game it's particularly in the older years, I've found kind of great influence um, and inspiration from them, uh, mm. just come from their hard work and how they've uh, had dedication into what they've been doing. Mm. It's hard to find some person, one person who's kind of um, done absolutely everything in Wellington because it's impossible. No one yeah. has, um, uh, which is which is good because if you know, if if there was, I think people would have unreal expectations of what yeah. they can do, yeah. and. Um, so kind of taking, I would definitely say being inspired by particular parts of pe parts of what people do, whether that's their kind of integrity, their work ethic mm -hmm. is, um, is really, really great. And I've, I, you know, even to this day, you know, with people in my classes, for instance, uh, I'm definitely, um, I wouldn't say amazed, but, uh, I've, um, admire kind of how kind of dedicated they are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but I'm, I'm sure, uh, 
it is dependent on person to person and what they kind of look for in yeah. people they look up to. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something really lovely in, in hearing you describe how, how inspired you are by seeing other people who are, mm. who, who, you know, work hard to become good at something or who are really dedicated to it, passionate about it. And I'm guessing at the same time, these are also people who, um, kind of, yeah, maintain a healthy balance in their lives alongside working hard and striving. I would say it's different from person to person. I know lots of people who uh, are very high achieving. I mean, a, a very textbook example of this would be kind of academics and very, very smart people. However, you know, I think it definitely has a strain on the kind of their, not just their social life, but their kind of their mental well-being mm. in the sense that, you know, you do feel like at some point they might burn out and they might... Mm. Um, you know, say enough's enough and kind of because of that be affected by how much they've spread themselves. Yeah. Um, so it, it's hard to take lots of kind of attributes from someone and kind of mm. think, well, that's that's great and great and great yeah. and not see kind of the drawbacks for it from it. So if that's kind of sport, you know, the amount of time that they spend, have to spend, you know, working mm. on themselves, whether that's, you know, in the gym kind of being more physical or spending time outside. So you don't really see all of it. Um, mm. And that's the same with um, academics. You don't see kind of them working hard in, inside their houses and yeah. and such. And because of that, to be great in these certain things, it's hard to, hard to be able to do other stuff as well as what you do. Yeah. Um, I think you made a really important point there, which I think is maybe, again, something we don't talk about as much or at all even, which is... Again, like, is it like there is a, if you're going to focus on certain things, there is, a, you can't, basically you can't do everything mm-hmm. and there is a cost. So as you yes. say, and, and I think it's the, 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 the cost or the sacrifice and mm-hmm. those could be happy sacrifices and people are very, and hopefully people are prepared to sort of, as you say, spend a lot of time training or spend a lot of time working in house but I think those are the, that's the bits those are the bits you don't see yeah. and you probably they're not the sort of exciting bits to talk about either is it no and and, and also interesting Archie to hear you use that word burnout yeah. um, mm. you know if I think about what I would really most wish for for all of you as you go through school and then head out into the world is that that's one thing that you don't experience that you're able to you know to strive to be excellent and great at whatever it is you end up doing and that you work hard and that you're passionate and, and you master whatever it is but that you don't burn yourselves out and that you you know have that kind of internal barometer where you know when things are getting too much and you can take time away from from the striving um and and i'm sure you know for the for the people who are listening to this and for your your peers there are people in the parent body who have worked themselves into the ground and have experienced burnout i think it's probably something that you know various people are aware of but it's yeah as i say what i would hope that my my big wish for you is that you avoid are able to avoid that yeah and i definitely think it's very important to kind of to kind of instill the the idea in people that it's doesn't you know you don't have to be perfect now because a lot of the kind of the mindset of kind of work 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 even though the impacts of it might come later in life, whether that's at university or when you start your jobs, it definitely stems from your education and kind of how your the environment you have in school is. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's so it's very important for the kind of for Wellington and for other mm. schools to kind of 
um, to talk about that and to kind of make sure everyone is sustained and whether where everyone's work is sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. And as I as I sort of think about my own approaches to work life balance, there were there have been three things in the last few years that have really helped me to get to put very clear boundaries in place with mm. working and non-working. And the first one was when my daughter was very small and I was working as, a, as an examiner. I was upstairs in the house marking GCSE papers one summer and my daughter was about a year old and my wife was downstairs with her having a really lovely time. And I thought, why am I sitting here <laughs> upstairs marking GCSE papers at £2.56 ago? Um, so I resigned from GCSE examining. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a little while later, got very seriously ill and was ended up in hospital for 10 days. And what I found was that... Um, I realised that Wellington could function without me. <laughs> and it came as a huge surprise that there I was thinking, God, if I even have one day off, it'll all fall apart. Mm. And um, I had half a term off and it, people almost didn't notice I was gone. But it was a huge relief to me because I was able to realise that, um, yeah, it's just work. Um, and then more recently, um, uh, suffered a bereavement a few a few weeks ago, a very sudden one. Um, and it's really made me sort of asked that question you know hard work like what's it all for because it's a school friend of mine um and it's put everything into sharp relief and for me if it's not about love and if it's not about friendship it it could probably wait it's quite a hard one yeah Yeah. that's that's very interesting very good messages for everyone to hear fortunately i've and i've haven't had to experience anything like that recently but um yeah i think Hopefully a lot of those kind of realisations will have to come later in life because yeah. it's... But it's knowing the message when it comes along. Yeah. And also the there is a, there. you know, the work you do at school, the balancing you try to do at school, it is, that's the learning mm. as well. Mm. That's the, you know, I yeah. remember getting to the end of my, well, it's, I remember having throughout my sixth form a sort of small rash on my arm, which sort of I assumed it was like I thought it was like a um, rash from going to the gym um it didn't bother me that much but then when I finished my A-levels in that summer it went away mm. and it was a really interesting um you know thinking I'm assuming it was there because of stress and and if you'd asked me at the time was I stressed I'd be like no no I mean I, I did enjoy I enjoyed my sixth form and I enjoyed my time at school but I was very busy and I think there's that you, using your time at school to learn about yourself. And as Mr. Morris has already said, it is an ongoing, you know, with various uh, phases, of, you know, times of your life where you'll be busier than, you know, you'll have um, busier times than others. It's really important to to learn the, the signs, learn when you're sort of thinking, like, do I have to do this much? Am mm-hmm. I, um, you know, who am I doing it for? Yeah. Um, and often it is for that voice in your head. And if mm. I think about Zach Kernan and his um, speech day mm. um, speech about the critical voice, mm. often it is in answer to that critical voice yeah. um, rather than kind of, yeah, anyone else. Yeah, and that's why it's all about sort of learning to be kind to yourself yeah. and developing self-compassion. Mm. Um, and, yeah, noticing that, noticing that critical voice but not beating yourself up for having Mm. it and yeah giving yourself permission to to take a bit of time yeah and I sometimes think if I 
you know, what do I need right now? Is it doing nothing? So sort of not do, not being busy and not have doing those things that you've sort of lined up to do. Is it doing nothing? Or actually do you benefit from getting out and about and be, as we say, like, you know, mm-hmm. you do get connection from others. And I suppose my advice there would be find out. There'll mm-hmm. be times where you don't do it and you sort of think, oh, actually, do I feel any better? No. <laughs> Um, and times where you go, God, that was the best thing to do to mm. not to just sit on the sofa and do nothing. And it's, it is just a continuous learning and noticing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I agree with the, um, in the sense of kind of what people find they can cope with and what will they do to be able to cope with stuff. Mm. Um, lots of people have I'd say coping mechanisms and kind of what they find enjoyment in and what, you know, even if they're having a bad day or feeling very stressed that they can do that they know will kind of distract them, but also Mm. kind of help them rest, recuperate and um, be able to kind of respond with whatever Mm. kind of stress or adversity they're they're going through. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all we have time for today. Um, Hopefully you can tune in next time as uh, we talk about what social media means to teenagers and parental perception of it. Thank you. Bye.